0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Money Your Life podcast. We're at episode 155, I believe. Episode 155. Um so this week we're going to get into everything that we need to discuss. But first and foremost, make sure you five-star rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. Um cuz we got a lot to go over this week. A lot to go over. And of course, remember we are shooting this, it's going to be up on YouTube as well as when it goes live on DSPs, which is Apple, Spotify, podcast will also be up on YouTube. This week we have a lot to discuss, um, so we'll jump right in our market update. And I'm going to be checking my phone here. Um, Easier to do that when you're looking at some stuff uh, rather than kind of typing on this long this computer over here. So, I mean, the big thing you know that everyone is kind of looking at right now um, is Fed tightening, and if we're going to over tighten, if we're going to push into a major recession, we talked about plenty of times the job layoffs that are going to come, and they're coming in more fast and furious in the first quarter uh, with Amazon announcing layoffs with Microsoft announcing 5% layoffs and that 10,000 um, of jobs, uh, positions being voided. So that's that's played a part into how the market's moving. First, you know, first to start the year, the market's been done decently. What, we're up five, 4% uh, on the s 500, even though today looking to it be a down day that's including that four to 5%. So so what you're seeing is kind of, you um, really a market that's looking for direction. The earnings is going to be a big part. We're seeing bank earnings come out um, and some banks have fallen on those earnings, right? And then we're going to see tech, we're going to see media, we're going to see all the rest of companies report over the next several weeks. um, And that will give a good tell on how... You know these companies are doing as far as releasing, returning profit back to shareholders. So that's going to drive the market in a couple of different ways in the next couple of months. That's going to be the big deciding factor uh, before we push into any other thing that would give us a sense of where the market would be going. So, so that's the big thing. And also, you have to wonder if the Fed's going to over tighten. That's now the discussion, right? Over tighten means um, as the Fed is raising rates a lot of people are saying, oh, they won't go over 5% terminal rate. Now the Fed and some Fed members are saying that they may go over 5%. That would mean we're tightening even more. We're constricting um, the flow of money in the economy, right? Because we're making people save. We're making borrowing money more expensive. um, And they're actually restricting um, their balance sheet. They're lowering their balance sheet, which is also tightening monetary supply. So Those are some factors that going to play into the first quarter of this year. What are they going to do in the next meeting? What are they going to say for the outlook of pausing rates or continue to raise rates over the next couple of months is going to be a huge, huge factor. Um, We also saw economic data come out with the CPI and the PPI. We talked a little bit about that. Jobless claims uh, fell, so... You know, we had a fork, uh, Reuters forecast that there'll be two hundred fourteen uh, 214,000 claims for the latest week, um, but they actually, in a seasonally adjusted manner, reported and printed 190,000 for the week ended January 14th. So that means less people are claiming um, unemployment um, than expected in, in this last print, which doesn't look good for the softening uh, discussion. And that's probably why the market's reacting a little bit today. But again, you know, this has been a longer bear market. It's seemingly going to be starting to come to an end here in the next you know, several months. Um, but this has been some of the data that we have to watch and watch carefully to get that discussion uh, pushed further. So if we're going to current events, the big current events, um, bankruptcies filings. Well, let's first go over the more job information. What's happened recently? So there's been more layoffs. <laughs> Uh, Microsoft plans to lay off 10K of its over 220,000 employees, which is a lot and a high number. And it's part of the tech slashing. It's part of the tech slashing that we've seen across the globe, um, really. Um, and so I'm going to look for more here and give you guys more of um, um, other companies that you may or may not know that have proceeded to do layoffs um, in the last several weeks. So Microsoft 5%. Rate Genius, I don't even know what the company is, but it's based in Texas. They're doing 139 employees. Unico, uh, this is a company that's based in Brazil, doing 10%. um, XTOL, that's in India. They're doing 15%. Lightspeed Retail, Lightspeed. um, This is a company that's based in Canada. They're doing 10%. Go Mechanic, another company doing 10%. Unity, Unity is when I met, I recognize the name, 284 employees. They're based in the San Francisco Bay area. So this is the number of companies that are doing laughs over the past several days and weeks. Um, and we've talked about what that means, essentially looking to, one, the companies are doing this because they're looking to restructure their costs. Costs are, you know, the biggest, usually the biggest cost for a company, especially software companies, are the employees. And they're trying to restructure cost and return more, profit and help their margins on the bottom line, if they could restructure their costs and take charges now. And and, and the outlook would be that they'd have more profit later on once those charges are are, are sent off. Um, and so that's what you're gonna be seeing, especially in this first quarter. Once we get to spring, you'll see that those news, the news of layoffs kind of trickle down um, and slow down significantly once we get to spring. So Party City, I've maybe been there once in my life, but Party City is filing for bankruptcy. They're saying that the celebratory spending has cooled. Um, it's a seasonal retail company, but they're saying that the, they're the largest party retailer. They have 100, 850 stores, um, and they're saying that they're going to actually file for bankruptcy. Their shares dropped 90% over the past year. Um, there were risk for being delisted from the stock exchange and now they're saying they're closing the doors because there's high inflation, rising interest, consumers spending less. Um, and that's a, a situation you might see with other big retailers that are really, really heavily consumer driven that have a big office footprint and they just don't have the same consumer spending that we had in 2021, right? That's, it's just not there anymore. And that's gonna be something that you're gonna see a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more. So fact of the day, so far on average, 1.6 tech workers have been laid off every day. That's a scary, um, so far this year on average, um, that's a scary average to see and we're praying for those people. Um, now, if we keep moving forward, so this is an interesting report, but they're saying that younger consumers dominate luxury spending because social media FOMO is des- is fueling designer spending, all right? Apparently if you're under 40, that's millennials and Gen Zs, They're responsible for the growth in the luxury market. According to a Bain and Company report, they said the luxury consumer, the lux consumer is getting younger and shoppers are starting to buy designer goods at 15 years old, three years earlier than millennials did it. So I'm a millennial and there's people that in the Gen Z age bracket that are buying designer goods at 15 because they can flex on Instagram um, and flex within school but it's it's just interesting report because that stuff has never really meant much to me, um, as far as designer clothing. I'm just not a huge designer clothing guy. But you're seeing, and we're gonna do another talk. We're actually gonna get to it next. We're talking about how social media is driving and shifting the way people think and view things, especially uh, for younger brains that are not fully developed um, and may not have the ability and the capacity to be to, to be able to withhold peer pressure, right? um and so you've seen companies like lvmh uh lvmh shares surge um a lot of you know that's a big luxury brand that has a lot of companies and brands underneath their umbrella um and so speaking on that bigger report there's been lots of talk on twitter and instagram about just the studies have linked you know whether it's instagram or you know other social media to depression body image and self-esteem issues especially within young women um and this the, the app is capitalized and uses biological drive for social belonging. And it nudges them to not only keep scrolling, but it nudges them to compare themselves to other people. Compar- comparison, of course, is the thief of joy. But people are so, so stuck in that. And it was a huge talking point of report just on social media this week um, about that. So I'd love to hear what you guys think. Are you guys able to be um, mindful of that and essentially keep away um from those pressures. Um, it's just interesting to see that for me, it doesn't really bug me as if I don't, I also don't wanna see something I either mute or unfollow. Um, I don't follow or you know, interact with a lot of people on social media. Um, so that's interesting. Very, very interesting report uh, that we're seeing. Goldman, so the banks that we just talked about, the banks that have now Release their earnings in Goldman Sachs. They, they had its worst earnings miss in a decade because deal-making slowed down. If you don't know what deal-making is, that's essentially um, as banks act and a lot of times the middle person between companies that do M&A transactions or go from the private markets to the public markets and the banks, the investment banks will get fees for helping facilitate and run and do those transactions. Um, and the deal-making has pretty much been non-existent after 2021. 2022 was a great slowdown year for IPOs, great slowdown year for M&A transactions. People were just sitting on the sidelines and waiting for things to end or things to change or shift. And so that hurt investment banking revenues, that hurt investment banking fees. Um, and Goldman had the worst earnings miss of the decade, and they're actually announced five percent layoffs, I believe it was, or six and a half percent, or something of that nature themselves. And if you think Goldman, who's just typically the gold standard in investment banking, is announcing layoffs, that means the rest of the bulge bracket banks will do something similar as well. Uh when it comes down the pipeline for them. So you're gonna see that other banks do that they haven't announced already. Um, and so that's that's coming up. Oh, this is interesting. So Amazon's buy with prime button um, on non Amazon sites could be an actual game changer. So now Amazon, which their ability to check out. So now you don't have to be on Amazon to check out. You can now go online. um, And if you're too lazy to fill out your credit card info, you don't trust the retailer, you can just go to buy with prime. It's a feature to third party merchants. It's a third part. It's a feature to third party merchants. Um, that don't sell on Amazon. So if you don't have, they don't sell on Amazon, you can now just go on their site. And there's a button that allows you to buy with Prime. And it, it lessens the friction between Amazon and that third-party merchant and you um, and that third-party merchant as well. So so that is such an interesting story for the Amazon heads out there. Um, and more in crypto news, it's actually an interesting crypto news. So crypto lenders um Last week, the SEC charged uh, a couple crypto lenders for selling unregistered securities under their lending program. So, crypto companies returned they had offered returns, returns, which is um, um, obviously yield, or you know, if you're offering a return for for funds, that's you looked at a security, right? Um, obviously, the, all those companies are offering yields for holding your crypto. They're offering yields for holding your crypto or having it stored with them. That is uh, security when you offer any of those things um, and they weren't registered. They weren't registered. So they're going to have to pay fines to the SEC. And a lot of people that did the similar things with selling um, NFTs that they were minting or people selling people to mint NFTs, that may come down the pipeline that those people were also selling unregistered securities as well. So if people minted NFTs, I think we talked about this last week, if you minted NFTs or you did any of those things where you sold some sort of, NFT that you created a project and minted for um, not buying it, but actually a project that you had people mint that could be something that you'd be, you know, where if you wary of um, if you were big enough with the SEC or if someone would come and look into that a little bit more closely. Um, and, and that's something we all have to be aware of. So that's our news so far. Let's jump in to questions of the week, which is a wonder. I think that people stick around here to get the question of the week. Not only just the updates on the market, on the economy, uh, but the question of the week. So the question this week is interesting, it's a fun one, but what percentage, and I think we, because with the big mega millions, uh, those 1.3 million or something mega millions jackpot. So this question is is related to that, but it says what percentage of lottery winners eventually go bankrupt um and that is an interesting what do you guess what percentage of lottery winners eventually go bankrupt so if you win a lottery obviously there's different types but let's say you bring a big jackpot it can be anywhere from like winning 1 million to like obviously a billion or you know after cash and taxes like 500 million or something of that nature but what percentage people go bankrupt after that and the answer is 33 percent, which is actually an incredibly high percentage so um of lottery winners eventually go bankrupt. They're more likely to declare bankruptcy within three to five years than the average American. That's because they become reckless with their newfound wealth. Um, They obviously probably already have bad habits. I shouldn't say obviously. They they could potentially well, yeah, obviously the 33% potentially already have bad habits that won't be changed if you make a lot of money or have a big windfall. Your habits will probably just be accentuated rather than changed or shifted, right? So 33%, one in three people, that is actually an incredibly high number. I would, did not expect that. Um, yeah, just goes to show like the effect of, you know, the habitual mindset of money, right? Habitually, what do you do with it? Habitually, are you, um, you know, thinking in a way that's, you know, congruent to your goals and your plans? And, and that's why, you know, we work with almost 450 households. I work with 450 households on investing and planning, um and that's probably the largest amount of households you'll see you know for advisor in the country um one of the largest for a single person advisory firm to be honest um and the fact of the matter is we actually clo- maybe taking on less people just because we've grown so much over the last few years and doing a great job for for what we do uh for people so it's it's really important to be congruent with your goals and to you know in tough times keep habitually good habits for yourself, especially when it comes to money, folks. Well, this has been an insightful episode 155. We do this every week and we are looking forward for you to join us next week. Make sure to share this with your family, friends, five-star rate and review the podcast. We'll talk next week.